and the payoff. There goes the deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 61. He ties Roger Maris for the American League single season record with 61 home runs. It's a two-run Judgian blast. Here comes the judge. A two-run blast, and the Yankees take a 5-3 lead on number 61 for Judge. That was John Sterling with the call last night as Aaron Judge writes himself, or puts another line, I should say, in the Yankees history book. 61st home run, tying Roger Maris, the American League record. One of the high, well, the highlight, obviously, the highlight of the Yankees' 8-3 win over the Toronto Blue Jays yesterday. Let's do the bookkeeping. The uh, loss was the Jays' second in the three-game series to the Yankees. It prevented the Jays from clinching a playoff spot. Their magic number is one, thanks to the uh, Baltimore Orioles losing last night. The Orioles are playing the Red Sox at Fenway this afternoon. So if they lose, the Jays will clinch playoff spot. And, um, you know, all this time, waiting all this time to celebrate a playoff, clinching a playoff spot, and then having it happen on an off day when you're not going to be in in front of your fans at a full stadium. I mean, it's just, you know, it was not going to be easy this year. And clearly, (laughs) clearly it's going to continue to not be easy for the Blue Jays. But we've got plenty of time to talk about that. The Jays... 86 and 69. They're in first place in the AL wild card. They have home field as of now. The Rays are 85 and 70. The Mariners are 84 and 70. So even if the Jays do clinch a playoff spot today, an Orioles loss, there's still a ton to play for. Before we get deep into the weeds with Aaron Judge, Kevin, a little bit about the game itself. Uh, Second sloppy game from the Blue Jays. John Schneider, very critical of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, after a sloppy performance a couple of nights ago. Last night, and we talked about it, um, the play that is going to stand up for everybody is Adam Simber just locking up and uh, not covering home plate. It, I mean... I look at this game. Tim Mazza gives up the home run to Aaron Judge. Adam Simber, a, a colossal brain fart. I mean, he ends up spending the rest of the game standing by himself over in the corner of the, the dugout. To his credit, he didn't do what I would do, which I would have been, I would have run and hid. But um, no, he probably says more about me than him. The Jays are going to the playoffs. But this isn't the look you want if you're the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, is it? You don't want back-to-back, really, just really sloppy, dead-ass games. Now, give Garrett Cole credit. He had a perfect game going through six. So it's an, And he's Garrett Cole. It's not like you're facing some stiff. I mean, it's not like you're... Yes, yeah, 99 is dotted up. It's, yeah. it's glove side. It's and tunneling you, the slider. It's and you started Mitch White. So, ball. you know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on here. But purely from John Schneider's point of view and from the coaching staff's point of view. Those it's not championship baseball. It, it's Say not. Say it out loud, Jeff. No, it's not championship yeah, yeah, there, baseball. There's a bunch of things there. You know, it's it's amazing how when we talk about this team, especially beginning of the season, we we said the lineup's going to take them where they're ultimately going to go. That's not the case anymore. Starting pitching. It's, it's absolutely about the guy standing on the mound. And when Mitch White comes in and looks the way Mitch White does by walking the first two guys and then having the first inning that he had and – you know, just just the non-competitive pitches at times, and the and the location of the fastball. It's the depth of the quality of the stuff that they have after the first three guys. Or I, I mean, I guess you could throw Barrios in there. I know he's had an up and down season. That it's it's just sort of like their team feeds off the way their starter looks. If their starter looks like their team's gonna, and the game looks that way, right? So it's. You know, it's they had their chances. Kirky came up with a and at bat, a pinch hit at bat with a couple of guys on base. Flatty came up three through six in the order. We're over fifteen with seven punch outs, uh, and then the seventh inning sort of happened with you know Mesa doing the 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 eleven sinkers in a row. He you know he, he threw the um, 
the first guy, three sinkers that got the O2 single, and then he threw Judge eight sinkers in a row. That that part of it, I don't really understand. Right? I, I look, I know that's probably his better pitch. That's one he can locate. I know just watching Judge the last couple of days, and they were seeing the same thing that I was seeing. Is he's a little tardy? Whether he's trying to let the ball travel, whether he's trying to make sure it's a strike, something he can get in the air. And I'm assuming that Mesa thought my power sinker, it's 94-95. That'll be tough. If I can somewhat locate it and don't throw it down the middle, I got a good chance of that happening. But when you throw something eight times in a row, it's real hard to locate that that many times and get a good hitter out with a lot of information. And you mentioned, he mentioned it after the game that he took a swing. He actually stepped out and was like, ooh, I kind of like that swing. Let me remember that and try to duplicate it and have a better swing the next time. And, you know, it is sort of what you're swinging at. When you get good pitches, especially ones that are right down the middle, a guy of his caliber, and if not all the time, doesn't miss that. Any disagreement with the choice of Tim Mays at pitching in that position? Well, I mean, that's a great question. But uh, Left instead of righty. Yeah, I don't think so. It, it's if, if you sort of look at who's pitched already, Probably who's not available. Bass pitched two days in a row, so you're probably thinking he's not available. Uh, David Phelps pitched the uh, the day the night before. He threw 32 pitches. Uh, Zach Pop he threw to the same part of the order. You probably don't want back to back outings against Judge. I mean, you're pushing your luck yep. there. Mesa had to pitch, and when do you pitch? And, and Snyder said that after the game. That was the best situation. They were trying to line it up for a switch hitter, turn the guy around right handed, and he's hitting ninth in the order. And now you're facing a, you know, a, a guy that if you make a decent pitch to, you could probably get him out, but just so happens you didn't. John Schneider approached that inning as if he was managing his pitching staff to win a game as opposed to managing his pitching staff to avoid Aaron Judge hit a home run. Yeah, it's I about mean, he, the, he really did. It's about the scoreboard, right? Zach Pop's probably not going to come in the game in a tie game. Most of the time, he's going to come in saying. if you're yeah. losing. You know, to if it's a, if they're down a couple of runs like he did the night before, that's probably when you're going to bring him in, especially at the top of the order, especially against a guy like Aaron Judge. And Mesa's been one of their guys. Do right? you intentionally walk Judge? Then? Absolutely not. I'm not doing. I mean, I, we've done. They've done enough of that. They they pitched around and been careful and watching Mitch White. That's about as putting four fingers up as you can get, yeah. right? It's I mean, it's Mitch White is the human intentional. How, how about how about I mean, you really just? Is. I mean, he's got, he's got a good two seamer. He's got a good a good enough slider. It's the four seamer. It's the curveball. It's the changeup. Those three, and when you try and throw all five of them, it yeah. sort of looked like it looked last night. So, uh, not me. I wouldn't. I mean, uh, occasionally, Jeff. There's got to be that. I'm a big ligger. You're a big ligger. It's my stuff against your stuff. Let's see if I can get you out. And I think that's one of the parts of the game where, you know, they had the momentum. Their lineup was doing some things. They scored the three runs. They even got Garrett Cole to balk, which is you getting the, you know, the fans into it. So, for me, no. Tim Mace is one of your guys. It's very hard to ask one of your guys to, to do that. Now, I know they did it in the 10th inning because they had to. That's a situation where you're going to do things like that. But, yeah, in, the seventh, tenth, but that, in the 7th inning in a tie game. Again, you're managing – intentionally walking him in the 10th inning, you're – you know, you're managing to win that game. And, and that's what I'm saying here. I uh, I didn't get the sense that John Schneider, nor should he, was managing to avoid having Aaron Judge hit a home run. He was he was managing to put his team in position. And you mentioned that before we came on the air, that he didn't hit the first pitch out. It was the eighth pitch. The eighth pitch. So he'd, he'd been trying to make some good pitches. He made some good pitches. They, they were trying to force him to hit the ball to right field. Yeah. He's got a he's a giant human with an inside-out swing who wants to let the ball travel, get it deep. And he just has so much leverage and, and rotation and, you know, driving down and through the baseball. So, uh, it was one of those things where I, I would guess if you push Mesa in the corner and really ask him, hey, would you like to flip him at least one slider? You know, yeah. I, I think sometimes you get married to it. You sort of – I've thrown it so many times now. It doesn't make any sense for it's, me to throw a slider. I think that's sort of what happened there. But I'll bet you if you had to do it over with, he's either flipping the first one like a little get me over, down and away, trying to get ahead, and then start throwing the power sinker that way, and maybe you have a better chance of getting him out. But I'll say this: I'll bet you if you ask Tim Mays, just don't throw it down the middle. Yeah, it was, it that's was, it. It was kind of a yeah. kind of a kind of a tough look. Both both Mays and and Simber have been. I mean, they've been studs. They've been workhorses for this this bullpen. Yeah, and, but that's uh, no excuse to not be able to defend your position and throw a no. ball and and then pout by putting your hands on your knees. I mean, that's basically what happened. Yeah. But so I'm, there's no excuse for that. No, there's no excuse. But no. I'm but I'm saying that it's uh, 
it, it's tough to see two guys who've been so integral and have answered the bell. I mean, you know, nobody's pitched more, made more relief appearances, I don't think, than Adam Simber in, in, in the major leagues this year. Nope. Or maybe, maybe I think Emmanuel Classe was, was, was pretty close to him. But, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was going to happen. It's tough to see a dude like Tim Mesa, given everything he's gone through, have that happen. Remember, they were one for six with runners in scoring position, yeah. three through six, yeah. with over 15 with seven punches. Like, it was not just all the pitching's fault. No. And occasionally some guys got to step up. This is sort of what they're going to see in the playoffs. They're going to see oh, really, yeah. really, 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 really good starting pitching. Who knows how to get them out? So Aaron Judge hit 61 and, you know, let the debate commence uh, as to which is the legitimate single season home run record in baseball, the clean home run record in baseball. Um, People are already saying that Aaron Judge can become the non-steroid home run champion, single season home run champion if he hits 62. Oh, he's hitting that. He's hitting that, but I, I, you know, I, I... I'll end the argument by saying this. Aaron Judge has been asked time and again, what do you consider to be the single season home run record? And he's always said, Barry Bonds, 73. Yep. Uh, I with, agree with him. I do too. Without, do too. without, you know, you can get into a whole, all the records, so many records that were set in baseball history were set at a time when African-American and Latino players were barred from the game. I mean, the game has changed so much. Society's changed so much. Stuff that was accepted has changed so much. The rules have changed so much. I think it's really dangerous to kind of do, to try to compare, to, to, to try to be too moral when it comes to baseball to baseball records. Um, 73 is the single season home run record. It just is. But 61 is a pretty good year. <laughs> 61 bombs and and possible triple crown. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty good year. So obviously this was a talking point after last night's game. And... Um, one of the things that happens when you play for the Yankees, and we've always talked about this. I talk about the Yankees game notes. Every team has game notes. Mm-hmm. The Yankees game notes oh, are really cool good. because you look at them and so-and-so, you know, it's DiMaggio's record, this and that, this and that. It's DiMaggio, Ruth, DiMaggio, Ruth, uh, Guidry. Uh, you know, now it's Judge. It's Maris. It's Mantle. I mean, it's like these these names crazy. Huh? just come cascading. So... Aaron Judge, after the game last night, was asked by Ian O'Connor. Uh, kind of a, a cool question to ask Aaron Judge. And Ian O'Connor's question was, okay, you're tied with Maris. Babe Ruth is the iconic Yankee. Mm-hmm. Let's look at it this way. You've now done something that Babe Ruth never did. Mm-hmm. It was a terrific question. Was and this was Aaron Judge's answer. You know, pretty incredible. You know, there's a lot of things Babe Ruth did that I definitely couldn't do, and um, you know, getting a chance to sit at 60 for a while there with the Babe was was nice, you know. But getting a chance to now, you know, sit at 61 with another Yankee right fielder that you know hit 61 home runs and. You know, MVPs, world champions, it's, this is, it's pretty cool. And I, and I made the point last night in the Blue Jays talk. We played a terrific walk-off interview Meredith Markovitz did with, with, uh, with. She's great. With Aaron, yes, she is, with, uh, with Aaron Judge. And I, you know, for the life of me, you hear Aaron Judge's post-game comments. You, you see the way he, he handled himself. You see just the, you know, he didn't milk. After hitting the home run, he went in the dugout. You know, those players came out and hugged him. He went in the dugout. Um, game went on. And I, I just said, when you you see him, Kevin, and when you hear him, you know, never mind the performance. I'm going, how the hell do you let this guy go mm-hmm. if you're the Yankees? How do you not? Somebody writes a bigger check. How do you not go and say, here, you know what? what what's it going to take? Like, Don't just you think they would have done that already? I, I don't know why they haven't. I don't either. I, and you're hearing competitive offers. What's yeah. that mean? Well, it's, it's competitive. What's that mean? It's Aaron Judge. 
You, you know what the competitive offer should be? The competitive offer should be the New York Yankees' best offer. They should the, the competitive offer should be how much do you want to be paid to stay a Yankee? That's a competitive offer. Um, and you know if they open it again, there's no there's no guarantee that Aaron Judge is going to leave. But you know the Cubs are going to be interested. Mm-hmm. The Giants' owner has said, <laughs> "I got I got big some, bank account." I, you know, <laughs> yeah. he said, "I'm we're in on this. Like we're money. we're going after Aaron Judge." Yeah, it's a home. He's a California dude. You know, the lure of the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And does Aaron Judge strike you as the type of guy that needs the bright lights of Broadway? Nope. Doesn't scare him. He embraces it. But I'm sure he, he'd be, he'd he'd find happiness elsewhere. I, I just don't know how you let this guy walk. I mean, this isn't a once in a generation player for your franchise. This is a once in a generation player for the game and face of baseball. Oh God, yeah, yeah, and. Eh, the dude in Anaheim. He's got six. Shohei Otani is, is he's pretty got good, but he's got homers with with the Yankees. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he he's the face of the game. He's certainly he the so. he's certainly the face of the he's certainly the face of the game in him, New York, which helps. No, nope. he's certainly the face of the game in New York. I I just I don't know how you let this guy walk. I mean, he's everything you need. He I, he, I just he, wonder he, why he, it hasn't happened already. Yeah, well, it's, it's very odd. He's comfortable in his own skin. Up. You know, he's the. Pressure doesn't bother him, and he doesn't, doesn't. He hasn't. He hasn't set a foot wrong. You know, he's got all the stuff that Derek Jeter used to do, but he's a little. There's a little more. He's a little less corporate than Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter was a really corp. Was a real corporate guy. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is a little more human. Let me ask you a question: Is he a great hitter, or is he having a great season? I think he's it's a great a big hitter. difference. Big difference. I think he's a great. He's hitter. Got, what's he got? Two hundred and nineteen career homers. I think he's a great. So hitter. You think he's a great hitter. I think like, he's a great hitter. Year after year after year after year. I think he's a great hitter. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's. I. I. I think he's a great. And you know what else he is? Not only a great hitter. He's a really good player. He is. He he's plays center, a, he, which is a big deal. He plays center now. I, I guess the only question you would have is the big body. He's not twenty-two years old. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at. I guess the final years of that contract, but. I, I mean, man, if Aaron, if Aaron, if Aaron that, Judge, though. if Aaron Judge ends up someplace other than New York, uh, anyhow, uh, Roger Maris Jr. I didn't know this. I knew Roger Maris Jr. was at the game, the son of Roger Maris, of course. I knew he was at the game. I didn't know that he hadn't met, like actually met Aaron Judge. Sounds like it's on purpose, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just assumed that you know they must have had a meeting at some place in the hotel, whatever. And uh, Roger Maris Jr. said, "No, nah, we." Didn't meet. Uh, we made a decision that we weren't going to talk to Aaron until after, or to yeah, to Aaron until after he hit this home run. So uh, he got the meet. They got the meet uh, last night, and um, well, Roger Maris Jr. was asked how his dad would view Aaron Judge, and how he viewed. Aaron Judge's 61 home runs. And if you're not familiar with the history of Roger Maris, um, I mean, I'm not taking an hour to explain what happened when he was going for 61 home runs in 1961. The thing between him and Mickey Mantle, the commissioner uh, who was wanting to put an asterisk beside it because he played more games than Ruth. Um, People, a lot of people didn't want Roger Maris to hit that home run and set that record. He was not the perfect Yankee. A lot of people didn't want him to do that. It's a big difference between how Roger Maris Sr. was treated and how Aaron Judge was treated during this run. But his son, Roger Maris Jr., was asked last night after the game about how his father would view Aaron Judge and and about the meaning of 61 to him. Well, he's obviously somebody Aaron. He would be very proud of Aaron because the way, like I was just telling you, the way he carries himself and the way he... Uh, comes to the ballpark every day. You know, he's mentally prepared, physically prepared. He's all about doing the team thing. He's all about winning. He's all about focusing on, you know, winning the championship and trying to bring, bring a world championship to New York so he can put number 28 up on the, the wall. What does it mean that it's a Yankee doing this and it's a guy who's uh, a clean player, a guy who's uh, a face of the franchise and does everything right, that all those aspects are there? Well, I think it means a lot, and it's not just for – me, I think it means a lot for a lot of people, you know, that uh, he's clean, 
he's a Yankee. He plays the game the right way. And, uh, you know, I think it gives people a chance to look at somebody who, uh, you know, should be revered for hitting 62 home runs and not just as a, a guy who did it in the American League. He should be revered for, you know, being the actual single season home run champ. I mean, that's really who he is if he hits 62. And, uh, and I think that's what needs to happen. I think baseball needs to look at the records, and I think baseball should do something. That was Roger Maris Jr., and, and I guess we'll put him down as uh, undecided mm. as to what the uh, single-season home run record is. Um, a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people do feel they that do, way. Yeah. And, you know, as a matter of fact, 590-590 is a text line. We got some time today, so I'm going to open the text line. And uh, I'll just ask a simple question. What do you, name and location, please, what do you consider to be the single-season home run record? I, I think it's Bonds. Kevin thinks it's Bonds. I do, too. Yeah. And Kevin... As a former player, one thing I know about you, you, uh, you, you don't have a lot of time for juicers. I do not. I'll, put it, I'll just put it bluntly. Well, you got so, less time for them than I do. No question I do. No question. I, I know how every stat got on the back of my baseball card. Yeah, I take, I take great pride in that and that I never missed a baseball game because I was injured. I took great pride in my body and how I was, you know, going to bat so to speak, every single day. Yeah, I just, I, I think if there's anybody to blame, it's Major League Baseball. I mean, yep. there's, so, there's so much of a gray cloud. Nobody has any idea how to feel about this. It's like, the no, people who nobody it, has any idea. Here's the thing. It's the people who let it happen that, that should ultimately answer There you go. It. I, I really believe that. It's the people who let it happen. I think they're even more, in a lot of ways, they're more guilty than the players. Players, players always take advantage of things. That's what we want. We want players to take advantage of loopholes. Mm -hmm. We always do. It's the people who didn't close the loopholes. It's the people who turned to blind. And anyway, we'll, we'll get in. I, well, we can have that discussion uh, some other time because I don't want to spend the whole uh, the whole time talking about Aaron Judge with that. One thing I did want to, and I found it was really interesting with Aaron Judge in this series, just his approach. Like, he didn't look at any point, like a guy who was living and dying with every pitch and living and dying to hit 61. He expanded a couple of times. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. But this was an, I mean, this was an eight-pitch at bat. And one of the things Aaron Judge was asked after the game was, all right, as this went on, and you're waiting to hit 61, as you're going through all this, did you change anything from at bat to at bat? What, what explains your approach. Aaron Judge was asked about that, and John Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, was too. So, Lance, if we could play Aaron's answer first and then just go to Schneider, because John Schneider was asked about, did he notice any difference in Aaron Judge's approach over the series? Pitching you very carefully at times. Uh, was that, I don't know, did that make you anxious at all? Did you expand your strike zone in any way? Did you, did, looking back on it now, and also, can you just describe after you, you make contact, it's clear it's gone out, you're, just your feelings going around the bases? I, I try not to change, change anything. You know, uh, my approach and, you know, my game plan is, you know, what got me to this point. And um, I didn't, I never really thought it would be fair to my teammates or, you know, the Yankees to be up here trying to, you know, chase a record. You know, my job is to go out there and be the best you know, best hitter I can be, and if that means taking a walk, you know, I got to take a walk. That means, you know, moving a guy over, driving a guy in, you know, that's, that's what this game's about, you know, it's, it's um, you know, so I never, never really tried to change my plan, you know, like the other night getting a couple of walks, you know, it's, we came away with the win, you know, that's what matters to me, and um, the last, what was your second part? <laughs> well, when I hit it, I thought I'd, I thought I got enough, you know, but it's been a it's been a couple of games since I did that, you know. So <laughs> you never really know if it's going to get out or not. So I tried to spin around the bases a little bit, and then once it got over the fence, you know, just a relief that you know now we're leading the game, um, you know, because Garrett was pitching his butt off tonight, um, and then also, you know, like I said, getting a chance to you know tie Roger Maris. It's that's that's stuff you <laughs> you dream about. That it's it's not even real. <laughs> And with the number of walks he was able to work off of uh, your pitchers this series, especially in 3-2 counts, uh, does that impress you, especially knowing with that record was hanging over him? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's got to be tough, um, you know, tying a Yankee and American League record and really not budging from your approach. 
So um, I thought his approach this series was where it has been all year. Yeah, that uh, was uh, Aaron Judge and John Schneider. And th- that's the thing, Kevin, just yeah, people use the word approach. Mm-hmm. But that's why I, I made the point last night. I enjoyed these three games. I enjoyed watching yeah, Aaron Judge over these three games. Me too. Because. Cat and mouse. Yeah. And, it was. And you know what? That's, I mean, that's, that's how you go about setting a record. I, I just, because so much of the game, speaking of cliche, so much of the game is a grind. It's kind of cool watching a guy. It sounds silly. It's kind of cool watching a guy grind over a three-game series to try to get there. Yeah, I'm not sure that's what I saw. I, I, I do think he knows he's been late with his swing for a while, and you can tell even the home run he hit. the The home run he hit was that that's not a that wasn't a great swing. Like that's just a swing that that's right down the middle. That's a pitch that's right down the middle. And what, most, did, what did Judge say earlier this week? Home runs aren't hit; they're thrown. There you go. Yeah, I, it, it was his swings a little out and around. You could see the guy that was trying to catch the home run ball. It had a little out and around to it, like it had some curve to it. Yeah. And that's why he was trying to catch it with the with the glove open. I still, just, I'm still just trying turn to your, turn your my, glove over, and you got it. I'm, if you if you backhand that ball, yeah, you're you're probably really rich today. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that Barker's coaching people and how to. How to, how to catch a three million well, dollar potential three million dollar home three run? Million dollar? Ah, it's close, close. Yeah, yeah it's just, for me six seven. That that's the one thing. And and when when he's asked about even stepping out after he ta- took a swing that was mm-hmm. like because he hasn't had one of those swings in a while. That that's the thing is you're six seven. You know your swing so well that when you take a good one, you step out and you go, uh oh, that's what, what did I, I do there? Yeah. And then he said, you could see it processing. And how do you do that again? And if I do that again, and on top of it, I get a good pitch to hit because I know what it just felt like. Now all the, the final thing is just getting a good pitch to hit. And then you know if you get that good pitch to hit, the ball's going to go where you want it to go. That's what, for me, is the special part. I used to try and do that forever. That's why I didn't spend 10 years in the big leagues. That's the reason right there. That well, The very first time I heard him say that, that's why I thought to myself, man, if I would have done that in my career, just being able to take, I tell you this all the time, take that pitcher's pitch to get your pitch. It's that, it's those guys that can buy into, it's okay to, to work counts. That's what you always hear, work counts. That, that's a bad way to say it. Take pitcher's pitches to get to your count. That's the way you're supposed to say it. And then when you see a guy that's got this many homers and is 6'7 to boot, that's, that is elite, elite stuff. And it's, it's a lot of fun to listen to. Tim Mesa gave up the home run, and uh, well, he was asked about whether or not number 61 was on his mind when he was on the mound and Aaron Judge was at the plate. Tim, obviously, you've got a game plan against every hitter you face. Is it inevitable that with Judge up there, you're thinking about 61, or is that not on your mind at all? No, no, that's not on my mind at all. Um, you know, the only thing I thought of there was to attack him and, and get him on the ground. And, you know, I think approach any hitters, I want to get the at-bat over, you know, in four pitches or less. And, and that was the goal was to get him on the ground as, as quick as possible. So, Kevin, eight pitches, mm-hmm. all of them sinkers. The more pitches you see in a at-bat, the more the pitcher sticks with the same pitch, the odds go in your favor, don't they? At some point, at that point, it becomes a matter of location at that point, what, doesn't what, it? What's one, of the, what's one of the main reasons why Alec Manoa has turned into this Alec Manoa is because he's very good at reading bats. The, I, I can guarantee you the fir- very first time that he saw Aaron Judge take a good swing on one of his better pitches, what do you think he's going to do next? He ain't going to throw that again. Because mm-hmm. he's reading bats to say, man, he's that close to that pitch. Why would I throw it again, right? I'm going to throw something else to set that pitch up maybe in a different location. Right. And when you go to the well that many times again, it's it's almost – he made some really good pitches up until a couple of them. The one that was fouled off and then the one he hit for a mm-hmm. homer, those two weren't good pitches. Those are center cut right down the middle. You're thinking to yourself, I throw that eight times – Chances are I can't throw that yeah. eight times where I want it to go all the time. He relies more on late movement. That's a stuff thing than location, right? It's it's I'm starting it out of third, and I want it to move. Well, what if I choke it off a little bit too much and I start it more middle in? Well, you know where it's going to end up? Right down the middle. Sort of what those two pitches did right there. And I just think it's funny when Tim said that because he's the only guy that wasn't thinking that 
you know, he's got 60 and here comes 61. Like, I, it's just funny to listen to guys that are in the moment competing mm-hmm. And they're the only one who didn't know it. Like, he just, he's so involved in, you know, it's four pitches. I want to get him in and out in four pitches. I well, don't want to throw two, no more pitches other than that. It's just, it's sort it's of fun It's not like the game that. was over yet either. You know, they're, they're still. Yeah, it's a tie they're, game. They're, they're pitching for clinching playoff spot. No question. Of course, the other aspect of the Aaron Judge story that uh, has made this season so remarkable is the fact that uh he turned down a crap ton of money from the new york Yankees. middle finger basically uh, he, he basically <laughs> he did he gave him a very me? very large gonna do it. <laughs> middle finger yeah, he did yeah um you know and hey look in this city wh- what do we call fred van vliet we call him mr betting and betting yourself right well aaron judge was asked about the bet he made on himself turning down was it 212 Seven years, two twelve. Seven years, two hundred and twelve million from the Yankees. Saying, "Yeah, it's nice, but uh, I think I'll just go year to year right now, and I can do better. I can do better in the market next year. So I'll, I'll I appreciate the two hundred and twelve million, but I think I can get more. Um, and he will. Aaron Judge was asked about that after the game last night about about just betting on making the ultimate bet on yourself." And getting the ultimate payoff for it. Yeah, you know, like like I said in the beginning, I never I never saw it as a bet. I never saw it as a bet on myself. You know, I knew no matter what, I'd be playing this year with the New York Yankees wearing pinstripes, and um, you know, we weren't able to agree on something. But you know, I changed my focus right then and there to, hey, let's go out there and you know have a great season for my teammates and do what I can to help put us in a good position for you know a long deep postseason run. So. Um, you know, I, it's, I'm, I'm just out there playing baseball. You know, I don't, I don't try to look at the stats, look at the numbers. You know, just this incredible group of guys that we have in that room who continue to, you know, motivate me. We continue to push each other day in and day out. You know, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, that's, that's the grind. That's what, that's what you look forward to. And, um, yeah, I don't know about the betting on myself. We'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> We'll talk about that later. In other words, call my agent. We he, can talk about betting on myself. Ma- he is making nineteen million dollars this year, so it's not like he's making chump change. Well, right? no, he he no. he will be fine. He he the, he's doing all right. He will be fine, but nineteen million isn't forty million. No, or forty five. No, it, it is. It is amazing to, to listen to a guy talk while he has the numbers that he has. Right? It's it's like having you. You can listen to a conversation that Vladdy has and a conversation that Judge has. Right, Vladdy's having a yeah. Right, and then Judge is having this year where yeah, you know what? As soon as I said no to that deal, I forgot about it. Now it's all about the team, right? It's I mean, I forgot about I, the two hundred twelve million. It's you know that's a little hard to to take there, but I will say just him being able to say it and actually go out and do it is is elite stuff. And I mean, who who can argue with? You know what he's going to turn into. I, he's made himself into the face of baseball. It was on the fence whether it was the two guys in Anaheim with the Angels or somebody else. Today, it's somebody else. The only one who could knock Shohei Otani off the platform, given what he's done this year, was Aaron Judge. That's it. The only one. Uh, 590-590 is the text line. We'll be joined in the next hour by Jeff Pass, an MLB insider with ESPN. Of course, we will have Barker's back leg bits, an extended version of it. But uh, we're going to ask the question right now, and we're going to talk about it a little bit when we come back. How do we view the single-season home run record? A lot of people this morning are going to be saying that the next home run that Aaron Judge hits gives makes him the single-season home run leader. Aaron Judge doesn't see it that way, and... From where I stand, if the dude doing it doesn't see it that way, he knows the number he's aiming at. He knows the number that he needs to hit to consider himself to be the single-season champion. Why don't we feel like that? We'll talk about it next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Starting Monday, be sure to tune into the J.D. Bunkus podcast. Weekday mornings at 9 on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. As far as the Toronto Blue Jays go, they do have today off. They will start a three-game series against the Boston Red Sox tomorrow. And uh, Caitlin McGrath of The Athletic just tweeted out, because we're kind of wondering about this. Uh, There was 
talk, of course, because the Jays didn't clinch the playoff spot last night, and today's an off day. There was, you know, how, and, and and the Orioles are playing the Yankees, or if the Orioles are playing the Red Sox uh, this this afternoon. The, the talk was, okay, how are we going to go about celebrating this if we clinch? You know, do we have a watch party someplace at a at a restaurant or bar? Do we bring everybody into the clubhouse and watch it? And it is the last off day they're going to have. So according to Caitlin McGrath, the decision was made that, and I guess there's also a couple of players, I should remember this, they've got a charity function and, and an autograph signing thing. Mm-hmm. So the decision was made that, They'll put off celebrating until tomorrow. So until after tomorrow's game, even if they've clinched before the start of the game. Should they? I know why. Look. If given, you're in, you're in. But. Given, given the stuff that, that, that COVID forced this team and these players to do. Mm-hmm. I can see why they would want. I mean, they sell their last postseason clinch was celebrated in an empty stadium in Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, that was a postseason only. You know, what was it, a sixty-game season or whatever? So, yep, uh, COVID-shortened season. So I understand why you'd want to be on the field with the play with with your fans and um, yeah, you know, and celebrate. I get that. Uh, and yeah, I'm. You know, John Schneider explained yesterday. He was asked about why is it that that uh, you know baseball celebrates every clinch and every because it's hard compared to other sports. And his point was because well, we do it every day, and it is hard. It's very hard. It is hard. So I I'm okay with that. It's going to be a little odd though. Like, how, how do you play? How do you go about the business Wait, of, of of playing? Especially the Boston for, Red Sox. For me, for me, you can do it and two then ways. celebrate. If if you clinch. On the off day, you wait until Friday. You beat the Red Sox, and then you party. Yeah. What happens or, if you lose to the Red Sox? Then you don't party. Or you you can wait until you get home field advantage. Bingo. Because that is that is everybody been yelling and screaming about that around that organization is they have to have that they have to have that. Well, wait until you do that, and then you can party. That's just me. I. It's it, it's an interesting. It, it is. It is. It's an inter, It's an interesting. But I'm not in the clubhouse. Talking point. No, and and uh, and I'm not going to look down on them if they. Oh, I don't know. Party, I, I, quite frankly, don't no. care. Don't care what they do. I don't either. Uh, I I I truly don't. I, uh, I I can see both. I can see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been nice if they'd won last night, and then we. <laughs> no, it would have been nice if they'd won last night, and then we could we could move on. Uh, we could it's be never that easy. No, it isn't. As I, you knew it wasn't going to be that easy. You knew it wasn't going to be that easy. Um, for this team. Yeah, I think I think that what that told you when. That the Yankees might be a better team than the Blue Jays. No, you don't think so. No, their guy, their best no. guy on the mound nope. against your nope. best guy nope. on the mound. Nope, 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 nope. I'm I think sure, I'm not sure. I agree. I with think that. a series, five games. I think the I think the Jays win it. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it goes five games. They may take they may take it in three. Wow, or four. Pardon me. Wow. Uh, the 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 Yankees bullpen sucks. It stinks. It's awful. Uh, I mean, let's let's not get carried away. Let's look at the fact that the Blue Jays played two of their worst games in losing to the Yankees. The 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 game to the middle game of the series was just abysmal. It was just awful. It was horrible. The so I look there's. The Houston Astros are the best team in the American League. The Yankees put up eight runs there and is did a, not just, play Rizzo, Torres, or Stanton. So what? What do you mean, so what? Well, they played them. What they, do you mean, so they what? All played, they all played in the game they lost to the Jays. Right? They all played in that they, game, they and played, the Jays beat played, them. The Jays played the Yankees three games at home on September yeah, with 27th. Mitch White, with Mitch White pitching. Not the first two games. Mitch White's not pitching. Not the first two games. Be any, not going to be anywhere near. Oh, is he? No, that, that's I. I don't think there's. There's the only team in the American League that I think there's a real separation Astros. between them, the Astros, and the mm-hmm. Jays have beaten the Astros this year. Uh, the, the Cleveland Guardians, you know, concern me because they're the Guardians and they're going to do Guardian things. But no, I in a five game series, I take the Jays over the Yankees. I don't. I don't 
I don't think the Yankees are that good. I really don't. Mm. They're not the Yankees they were at the start of the year, that's for sure. I mean, come on, you look, you saw that bullpen. Now, they didn't get touched on, but Aroldis Chapman last night, Mr. DFA, designated for assignment, all those rumors, 101. Yeah, it's, 101. Eight, it's 8 to 3. Do, do that when it's 4 to 3. Well, yeah, but the point, to three. point was he wasn't able to do that when it was in, in previous outings, when it was 10 to 1. Like, he, he wasn't do able to do it, anything do, in garbage Do time. that when it's 4 to 3 in Yankee Stadium. Do we have uh, texts? Uh, we've asked uh, folks, because I don't have access to the text line. We've asked folks about the single-season home run record. And uh, both Kevin and myself think it's 73. You can weigh in as well if you want on, on Twitter. SN Jeff Blair's my mm-hmm. Twitter handle. You can weigh in there as well yeah. if you want. Parker's back leg. Bits, DM's always open. Again, SN Jeff Blair. But the question we asked is, what do you consider to be the single-season home run record? I mean, ultimately, it's about you. It's about the fans. I mean, we, everybody's got opinions of it, but it's the fans who, it's how you view it that ultimately decides how baseball views it, I think. We know what the players feel. We know what Aaron Judge thinks. You know what, what we think. I know there are people in our, in our industry who don't think, who, who think that, that 73 isn't, isn't, isn't the record, mm-hmm. who don't treat it as the record. Uh, there are people in our industry who, still, who think Hank Aaron, Henry Aaron's the, the, the home run king, and that's fine. You can, look, it's one of those things. It's the beauty about baseball, right? You can, you, you can kind of put it in context however you want to put it in context. That's why I always got upset when people say, well, you need to put an asterisk and all these things. No, you don't. Let the fans do it. Fans are smart. Baseball fans are smart. That's why Bonds should be in the Hall. You know what? You take your kid into the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds' plaque is up there. Your kid asks you about Barry Bonds. You can tell him the story of Barry Bonds. Yeah. Same thing with Roger Clemens. You know, fans, sometimes I think that that people who cover the game and talk about the game, we don't get out of the way enough and let the fans, and and give the fans, let the fans judge it. you're all over today. Not just something that's kind of bothered me. Well, that's... Something's kind take. of bother me. What the fans want, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. If if seventy three is your standard, God bless you. Yeah. If sixty one's your standard, I got no problem with that either. Uh, while we're putting the uh, text together, Lance, can you can you play the Aaron Boone clip? And the reason I want the Aaron Boone clip is Aaron Boone's a third generation baseball player, right? Grandpa played the game, father played, managed, and of course Aaron. Uh, has played and managed, and, and his brother, Brett, yeah. uh, a pretty good player what as a well. Family, yeah. <sighs> Three generations of baseball players. So Aaron Boone was asked last night about Judge's record and 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 what it means, and I, I really liked his answer, Lance. Tail end of your grandfather's career coincides with the start of Roger's career, <laughs> and tonight you see this come full circle. How does something like that make you feel and something you could look back on Maybe years down the road. Yeah, I mean, you know, the history of this game <coughs> is 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 one uh, is one of its calling cards, right? All the the numbers, the sixty one. I've known about that number for my entire life, right? Um, and and it's I think one thing that makes our sport a little more special than the others is the history of it all and the numbers and. Um, you know, I think we do history really well. And this has been a year and a season and now coming down to the wire where um, we're in the middle of one of those magical historical moments that's tied to a number. And uh, that's pretty neat. Taryn Boone talking about the significance of uh, 61. Travis Henry, uh, frequent listener, regular listener, regular uh DMs us a lot. He's got, I like, he's got some thoughts on, uh, on, on the single season home run record. He said, listening to the show the other day, you guys were talking a bit about the cheating and his bonds, the true home run leader and a little conversation about the Astros scandal. And um, he said, to me, I understand the bonds took steroids, but that era is known as the steroid era. And who knows how many people were doing it, mm-hmm. but cheating is still cheating. And to me, people are letting that Astros team off the hook too easily. I know science dealing is part of the game, but the way they cheated was on a completely different level and to me degraded the game and embarrassed the game. I understand what steroids do, but they still don't just make you all of a sudden able to hit a baseball. If you gave the worst hitter in the in MLB steroids, it doesn't mean he's going to turn into a better hitter. But 
you tell that same player, not on steroids, what pitch is coming, and the chances of him becoming a better hitter goes way up. The Astros at home are playing with an advantage beyond anything steroids would do, but cheating is cheating, and like those steroid users, not one person involved in the Astros scandal should make the Hall of Fame. I guess my point is I just believe people have made too light of it and let everyone involved off the hook way too easily in the Astro scandal. And the reason I'm reading that is because that's kind of a summation of the whole what is cheating and what isn't cheating in baseball. Um, and I think the Astro scandal, because it was, it was like an organizational thing. It's, it's, it, it doesn't have the same impact that steroids that, that steroids has because steroids is selling a whole bunch of a whole bunch of records. But the thing with the Astros scandal that really stood They're out the is the only one that got caught. And and it's also it was a group it was a it was a group of people who got together and deliberately said let's do this. You know what I mean? It, it was it make was it right, planned. Though. Yeah. No, yeah, it yeah. doesn't make it. No. But that was planned. And and yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, shooting something in your body is planned. You're planning on doing that. Yeah, but it's... I, but, you know, but, but here's you the thing. It, you don't do it just one time. Let me ask you process. this. Let me ask you this. Did you go to... Do you think players went to their manager and said, uh, hey, I'm going to stick a needle in my ass and take steroids. You okay with it? <laughs> I, I, you know, this, this was an organization uh, that was, an evol- was involved in doing things. These were people in the front office that were involved in doing things. These were khakis that were involved in doing yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just dudes in uniform. But it, it, it's a good point. Um, it's a very good point. It's a good point about mm-hmm. how you view how you view cheating in baseball. And as I said, I think we all we're all comfortable with with. <laughs> it's almost like I'm saying we're all comfortable with different levels of cheating. But I think that's that's really what it comes down to. That's really what Unless it comes you played down like to. Like me, these are some texts. No, and and uh, listen, and and I also this is the other thing I say. Guys who played the game, I I have no problem however they feel about it. Because if you played the game, you are you you have a special entitlement, I think, to to judge things. Just want to go through the text line. Mike from Oshawa. Um, Bonds is no doubt the home run king. Love your show, by the way, guys. Are prices, thank you. Thanks. Uh, but Bonds is no doubt the home run king. Uh, 73 is the home run record. You still have to hit the ball. Mike in Edmonton, Bonds. Judge should be celebrated. But I wonder if... There is all this hullabaloo if Judge hits 61 for the Guardians. Actually, I think they're uh, mm. that's a good question. Yeah. Mark from Toronto, as disgusting as I find it to be, Bonds holds the home run record. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben and Fergus Barry all day. I'm not a juicer or a juice fan either, but you still have to hit a round thing with a round thing, as our buddy Barks would oh, say. Boy, nailed that. And uh, again, uh, the people we're getting are the fans that we're that are sending this in, is saying Barry Bonds is is the single season. Uh, is the single season why, record? Why, why do you think Major League Baseball has not came out and said this is the number? Why do you think that is? And that's Chris. Another thing, Kristen Peterborough asked. My heart says Maris is the home run king. My head says it's Bonds. Baseball has let its fans down by not addressing yeah. the steroid. Why, why do better. you think that is? You know, I mean, basically, what they've done is they punted it to the baseball writers no in the Hall of Fame. No question. They, they basically, they did that. Um, we ain't doing it. You do it. Yeah, I don't know if there. Initially, I thought there maybe there was some sort of legal reason for it. Uh, the whole thing with Barry is interesting, it, right? Well, it is. Never be- been suspended like that. That you know, we, yes. we sort of we sort of know he did it, but we're not positive he well, did like this because he's never been suspended and how how can we come out as major league and, baseball and say and no, 73 wasn't it ultimately but we the, sort of know ultimately what it was. yeah ultimately the thing is we don't know when any of these guys started doing it we yeah. don't know when they ended I, yeah. how many home runs did barry bonds hit on the juice i i don't know did he hit six one year where he hadn't i mean you know what i'm saying like we sure. just you don't you don't know. Uh, look, I think the the real issue for me, and where this, where I think the final judgment will be rendered, is now that Bonds and Clemens are off the ballot, they're not going to be voted in by the writers, the Hall of Fame, which I think is, I just think it's a travesty, but mm-hmm. it's a vote, mm-hmm. and I vote for them every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, that, but again, it's a vote. 
Where it gets interesting is when their names come up in front of one of the committees. And the committees are composed of current Hall of Fame members, you know, former players, executives. There are some writers on those committees. Mm-hmm. That's when it gets interesting. Because now you're going to find out what people who played the game and people who ran the game, and yeah, a certain amount of people who covered the game, now you're going to find out how they mm-hmm. judge these records. I can't wait. That's where it gets fascinating mm-hmm. to me because if those people don't look favorably on, I think it's three quarters to get in one of those committees. Like, I don't think, I, I don't think Bonds and Clemens are ever going to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't either. Because my guess is those two committees, that it's not even, it may not even be close. Like we're talking, there may be just two people out of those committees voting for those guys. Mm. That's where it gets interesting to me because now you've been, not only have you been kept out of the game by the writers and the commissioner's office, now your peers have kind of weighed in on this as well. And, and, and that's. Would that do it? Would that then say 73 is not the number? It's however many judge hits. I, you know what? It would almost should. You would think so. How can you have a how can you have a record when you you don't want the person holding the record associated that's with a, your game? That's a great point. I, yeah, and I know Pete Rose. Pete Rose to me is a different it's a different kettle of fish because it's gambling, mm-hmm. and it's just you know gambling on on anyhow. It's a different it's a different kettle of fish. Ultimately, the only the only thing that can happen is I think at at some point and it won't be this commissioner. Maybe at some point down the road, a commissioner says, you know what, let's just, let, let's stop it. Let's just, let's bring these guys into the family. Let's bring them into the Hall of Fame. You know that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not happening. But it, it, you know, the, the, I mean, I hate to say it. The other thing that may be a factor here, I think once Clemens and Bonds have passed on, mm-hmm. I think people are going to view things. People are going to go back and reassess their careers. I hate to say it that way, but that's kind of where I think this whole thing is going. Mm -hmm. And um, It's like Pete Rose. My whole point of getting them in the Hall of Fame was once they're in there, you let fans, fans can make up their mind now. They can go and they can say, this guy doesn't belong here. This guy does belong here. This is what this guy did. This is what that guy didn't do. But anyhow, bottom line though, this year at least, Mm -hmm. Aaron Judge thinks 73 is the record. Yep. I believe He's the one hitting him. If Aaron Judge isn't going to call himself the single-season home run king. Why should we? Why should we? Jeff Passens, ESPN's MLB insider. I bet he has some thoughts on this. We'll find out what they are. Actually, I know what they are, but we'll expand in it a little bit. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast.